Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome back, everyone, to a new episode of Agents of Mace. We are back to finally talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Um, this may be a week behind. Uh, we've had a lot going on, and we may be an agent down. Um, Drew's got a lot going on in life right now, but all very good things. But um, we'll let him share all the news once he gets back on. And, of course, he does all the editing, so he can probably work his editing magic if he wants to hop on and share his thoughts. But we're going to talk all things Quantumania because this was, a to me, I thought this was a very interesting start to Phase 5. And um, I guess let's just go into initial reactions. So, Elisa, what was your first reaction after seeing this? Um, my first reaction was that it was uh, it was fun. Um it definitely like we all saw that it wasn't getting like the best response from critics when it was released but i was i was encouraged by the fact that every person that i knew like in real life who had gone to see it they were, were saying it's not it's not bad it's it's just fun it's not the kind of movie that critics are into and so i was like yeah okay i can i can feel optimistic about that and so while I enjoyed it, I definitely understand uh, criticisms of it. It wasn't as uh, it wasn't as tight as most Marvel movies uh, have tended to be. And I, I say that uh, with the knowledge that the past couple, I think, have been a, a little bit of a mess. Um, mm -hmm. Interesting messes occasionally uh, in the case of Thor Love and Thunder, sometimes kind of a fun mess. Um, <laughs> And this one, I think, uh, it kind of walks the the line well enough to where it doesn't seem uh, over the top and uh, indulgent like uh, Thor 11 Thunder did. Um, but it also took things a little bit further than Multiverse of Madness did in terms of setting up this new phase of, of uh, the MCU. But as far as just watching it and liking it, yeah, I did. I mean, I, I love uh scott i love paul mm -hmm. rudd um i did miss the characters who weren't here this time obviously i think everybody did and oh, if yeah. I, yeah and i think if my if i had one like really big criticism that i had to lob at it it'd be that it doesn't feel like an ant-man movie yeah i agree there um <clears throat> 
and you know the, and i think that was a lot of the uh first reactions for those that got to see this a few days early than than most um you know this was kind of described as a star wars film um and i can see that in a lot of ways and and, and i think most have meant that in a positive way because you get a lot of that fun um so you're not necessarily outer space but you're in this whole new world with creatures with various creatures and life beings and there are some that are very human-esque in appearance and then there's some that are polar opposite of that um and just the world of how they go around like when we meet uh go to meet lord krylar just that whole vibe of that restaurant bar area just has that kind of star wars type of vibe of like you don't know who you're going to meet who's going to be on your side who's not on your side um you it has that similar flow and vibe and i like that it it makes it a a good fun watch but yeah this this missed for me it missed a lot of elements that i liked within ant-man um you know i love paul rudd but the humor just didn't work with me on this one um which was disappointing. So that's why I liked the first two movies is like, uh, and I think that that goes to what you said, the missing characters. Mm-hmm. Like we really needed. Um, uh, we needed Luis. Luis, yeah. We needed Luis to come. And it's basically what we, what was mentioned. And I think you mentioned it in a past episode was like doing the recap or something <laughs> like <clears throat> that would have been perfect. And so with quantum mania, it's it's enjoyable. I think it's rewatchable. Uh, I think there's some interesting disconnects and missed opportunities with it. Um, and a lot of it, I think, is just because they're trying to bite off more they could chew. Because even, even the director kind of came forward and said he wanted to make this one more of an like, Avengers endgame experience. Mm-hmm. And it's fine, but I almost feel like potentially we could have used a little bit longer runtime to kind of build some depth because the first 20 minutes is pretty rushed. Yeah. And like- it's it's a lot of things that we've seen before. And, and it kind of makes sense because so much of this movie is that family dynamic because now we've got everyone together. Um, we've got Scott Lang. We've got Hope Van Dyme um cassandra which is recast um we'll go definitely go into that because i've got some thoughts on uh catherine newton uh her her performance as cassandra i think that's where a lot of people had some issues um i had a lot of issues with hank Hmm. with michael douglas um i don't know there was something about his character in this and i'm a big fan of of uh of hank pym but like in this one it i didn't like it I think that comes down to he didn't really have anything to do. He was yeah. just sucked into the quantum realm. Right. And it felt like, um, and like, I love Michelle Pfeiffer. She yeah. is one of my favorite actresses for my entire life. She's wonderful. But they put a lot in this movie on Janet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like some of that, that, uh, that screen time and some of that emphasis should have been given to, hank and hope because they're the ones that we've been with this whole time like it's called ant-man and the wasp and the wasp is kind of barely in it 
And by exactly. The wasp. Janet is the wasp too. <laughs> right. You know, the wasp that we've gotten to know, uh, which is Hope, has what, maybe seven minutes screen time, I think it feels yeah. like. Not much. Because like I said, going back to the beginning, it just felt so rushed because now we're kind of essentially doing that catch up, the, the MCU classic catch up of, hey, what's Scott Lang been up to <laughs> since all this stuff has happened? And, you know, it kind of focused around uh, he's written a book. He's going on a book tour. Fame seems to be a big thing. Where was the podcast? Hmm? Mm, they did not it? mention his podcast. but. I know. I know I've mentioned this on previous episodes of the podcast of our podcast, but I did pre-order the book. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) I I need to do, uh, eventually we'll release a video, but I finally have my office painted and I'm slowly getting furniture in it. But yeah, I need a place to to put that book. (laughs) I need to get it as well. Um, but you know, you get, we got so many callbacks, right? Baskin Robbins, um, just kind of this really rapid like here's all these things that i've been up to and i'm spending time with with cassie and hope and the whole family's here but then we go into to cassie's character which is basically this recreation of scott lang she's going and getting into trouble getting into prison um which feels like you know we it just it was kind of expected right mm-hmm. i feel like that's just a very formulaic thing to do because we've seen it plenty of other movies outside of MCU. Yeah. And the whole thing with starting with, you know, Scott has been doing these things and essentially he's been enjoying fame since, uh, since what happened in Endgame. Um, It really, it does a good job of setting up how this movie is addressing how it seems like Scott and some of the other OG Avengers are, they kind of feel like they're done. Like they, right. they did the thing, the mm-hmm. thing is over, but then younger people like Cassie are living in an entirely new world. And mm-hmm. so she has got that kind of idealism <laughs> that we're expecting from not only just young people, but from like heroes. And I think uh, I think that it's smart for it to kind of have this conflict between mm-hmm. the two of them that's based that way. Yeah. Um, and I, I also do kind of wish that we had seen more of that playthrough in the movie because we were jumping around for to so many yeah. different things that I think that we lost that central focus being between Scott and Cassie yeah. because we had to go off and we had to follow Janet who's refusing to talk about the thing even though she should just stop and be like okay there's a dude down here he's dangerous let's go mm-hmm. it wouldn't I hate when movies do that when they withhold information for no reason just to build suspense so right. that's my I mean, this was, <laughs> this was trying to build that almost like this Voldemort-esque type vibe, right? It's like mm-hmm. everyone no, and, and and I do, and this kind of goes back into the Star Wars. I mean, and we'll definitely talk get into Kang here in a little bit, but I mean Kang did kind of have this Darth Vader type vibe to him. Um, yeah. very powerful, very menacing. Everyone knows who he is, they don't want to talk about him. It's kind of like mm-hmm he's here he's aware of everything just kind of if you stay on in your own lane you'll be fine yeah and also like jonathan majors is one of the big time highlights of this Mm -hmm. movie just Mm -hmm. his presence is so like commanding and uh, i know i already said this on our loki episodes but he's so Mm -hmm. charismatic right and also he's just 
huge. Like, have you seen the like promo shots that have been out for him being in this new uh, Apollo Creed movie? Yeah. His his yeah. legs are as big around <laughs> as my entire body. Like, yeah. There is there is no way not to get too far ahead of ourselves. There is no way Scott could take him in a fight. Right, right. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're just all right. It's about to die. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, oh, you got to say it, Paul Rudd. I, I feel like he's finally hit the point where he's starting to age. <gasps> he's he just has that look now. He's looking like he's he aging. Looks, finally, he looks 27 now. We can all tell. <laughs> I don't know, Paul, then wrinkles are showing, dude. Got to get back. Got to get back. But I mean, he's, you know, he's Paul Rudd. Um, he needs to. He needs to allow himself to. uh to gain five pounds every 10 years. That's what uh, he needs to meet up with. Iman uh, does. She says that it fills out her wrinkles if she lets herself gain five pounds every 10 years. Right. Um, I know we're kind of going, going off tangent, but uh, I've been following Hugh Jackman's post for training for Wolverine. And so, I mean, Paul, you know, hit up you like 8,000 calories a day. Like, but we we all know that Hugh is going to emerge in a few months and he's gonna have so many muscles he can't move his neck in all yeah. directions. Right. It's ugh. Oh, Hugh, I'm so sorry, baby. But that's so much to yeah. put your body through. Majors is he's he's a beast. I did go see Creed three. Um <laughs> and yeah, he's he's menacing in that as well. So he's Ooh. he's kind of on this this villain train right now of curious to see how many villains he'll portray before he switches to like a good guy or something. <laughs> I give him about two years before he's in a rom-com. All right. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to see him like the, the, if you look at the cast photos for quantum mania, he's like rocking like the, the nerdy glasses. Like, yeah, he's needs to do the rom-com. Yes. We do get Randall park very mm-hmm. briefly i'm glad we did get to see that because we did get to see that scott and jimmy had their dinner <laughs> i almost wish we got a little bit more of that because it was just like this yes. photo op moment i think if i remember correctly yeah there's so many like things that i wanted in this like one of the things from the previous movies that i appreciated was that it showed that uh, scott and his wife's new husband have a good relationship after the yeah. first movie like they become like bros right um and you know obviously uh Luis and all of his buddies how hard would it have been for them to get sucked into the quantum tunnel like why couldn't they have been there well even to that point david uh i don't know if i can pronounce his last name i'm so sorry david dashmashian he, he does a voice in this yeah he does a voice so he is the only one that came back and he voices veb mm-hmm. um but Not I, the agree. Same. I agree like if anything we needed them we needed them for an intro or even a post-credit scene would have been great right. um, they kept they kept trying to make me care about these new characters Right. And even though one of them was uh chidiana gonye from from a uh, good place who is great mm-hmm. whom i love I was just, I don't, I don't care. I, I wanted my other people. They could have been there as, you know, flat, stereotypical. They say two lines, they serve their purpose, and then they're gone. But right. instead, we had to spend a lot of time with them. And yeah. I, I commend them for trying to do something new and different. But at the same time, I wanted the old thing back. There's not even a host in this movie. Not really. Yeah, nothing like that. Um, 
So it's kind of almost a tiny house, but yeah, because we do get uh, so much. So much of this is around the relationship between um, father and daughter that a high school would have been cool, right? Mm-hmm. Get see them like see the conflict, they're butting heads, but then they start working together to use their minds to come up with like we've got to go steal something cr- from Kang. They're criminal minds. They're criminal minds, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because. Going back to how much is like rushed, you know, we definitely fall into the the what seems to be the typical Marvel thing now of like, oh, the blip, you know, the blip was more or less mentioned again. We mm-hmm. had all this time without everyone. So what did I do in that time? I learned everything about quantum physics and how to build these things in just like five years. And it's yeah. And like Cassie is supposed to be like. Like maximum 18 years old, right? I would like think so I don't know. Like she is, yeah. she's still She'd a have kid. to be like, yeah, under under twenty one. Yeah, and so um, she has mastered quantum physics since she was like young enough to be in grade school. I mean, I know there are kids who do that, yeah. but I don't know. It seems like a little bit of a stretch. Right. She is coming from a talented mm-hmm. engineer dad, but that doesn't necessarily translate into. You've got a brain the size of a planet. Yeah. You're going to be able right. to send a signal down into the quantum realm, which has never been done before. Yeah. I mean, granted, it's kind of like I found all of grandpa's old books, which probably spelled everything out. Where... Yeah, and grandpa starts, you know, being like, hey, I can help. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hank's just kind of like, oh, you're doing that. I want to help. I want to play. I want to like, let's, let's tinker and let's build stuff. And yeah. Have it. And, and that's, that's one of the things that like before this movie ever came out, what I was really suspecting because I was expecting more consequences and stakes is that mm-hmm. I thought Hank was going to die. I was so sure that Hank was going to die and it kind of like, I don't, I would not ever wish anything bad on Hank Pym or on yeah. Michael Douglas, but um, uh, that would have been a reasonable consequence is if it was really him who yeah. was putting all this into motion and being reckless whenever he had every reason not to be after almost losing his wife that way. Mm. Right. Like, right. It, it would attract. It would have been a tragedy and a loss that they would have had to deal with from this point forward. And it's mm. also kind of like it's a staple of the genre. You lose the mentor at some point. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah. he didn't. And there weren't yet any really serious consequences for what happened even though they went up against the new big bad in the mcu yeah um i feel like if you look at the fan base i i think everyone was expecting someone was going to die in this mm-hmm. um a grant i mean and a lot of that's just like it just seems like if you look at phase four i mean outside of uh wakanda forever everything's kind of been more up and cheery and things like that. And we kind of already know that like with the upcoming guardians three, we know that that's going to be a more deeper emotional movie. I think everyone kind of expecting this was going to be as well, because generally when you have a big bad, they're going to do something really terrible and it's going to set the motion of like, everyone's going to, you know, what's going on. We got to get together. We got to take them down and avenge basically. Um, Mm -hmm didn't get that so much in this one um again it's just like the beginning and end we're just so different than any other marvel movie we've seen um but 
we get to the quantum pretty quickly. I think we're what, like 20, within the first 20, 30 minutes, we're already all in the quantum realm. Mm -hmm. And even still then, it almost still felt incomplete of a movie because the graphics were pretty rough, at least from my perspective, like I found them to be kind of difficult to watch. You could tell it was heavy green screen. Mm -hmm. I think once you get into the second half of the movie, everything works itself out. Um, but yeah, again, we're just kind of rushing to the quantum realm where it's all of a sudden we're seeing all these things, these new things and trying to absorb like, well, what do we, how did we get here? How do we get out? Where do we go? And basically this is where we get Janet to take center stage. And I think like this is kind of when hope is like, okay, we'll see you like at the end of the movie. Yeah, I'm just going to go over here. <laughs> I've, got, I've got my Capri Sun and my string cheese and I'm going over here. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, yeah, like so much of this, the, the second act, it's just like, wait, where's everyone else? <laughs> everyone just got sidelined. Um, and then we kind of find out that uh, Cassie's got a suit. It's kind of brought up, but um, doesn't get the suit on until later. And then at this point, we're basically getting all these new people. And around this time, once we get into the realm, uh, we do get the early signs of MODOK. <laughs> mm. Yeah, there's a MODOK in here. Yeah. Um, uh. Corey Stahl has returned. And now he's MODOK. It's, and it's horrifying. <laughs> like, well, it's, it's not... It was not pleasant to look at. Yeah, if you if if you look at the uh, you can you can Google this and find the grid. You can search like the Modoc uh, cast grid or something, and you can see like all the the animations, all the all the versions of it, and it's polar opposite. <laughs> um, but it I rewatched these uh ant man and ant man and the wasp again like right before this um, primarily because like my kids wanted to watch them but it kind of all makes sense if you look at the end of ant man uh the final moments when um he's kind of like going getting phased out like his head never really shrinks with his body mm. it just kind of like his body kind of shrinks in and then he's gone and that's kind of how they set it up like that happens and he's thrown into the quantum realm and they find him and basically uh fix him up to become modok yeah like it tracks but it certainly didn't make it easier to look at yeah um, um and like that's not shade at uh, cory stole <laughs> right it's just it's just a weird look <laughs> yeah and i like i like cory stall i like him um there, I will say, like in terms of like the action moments, there, there's definitely uh, one of the last fights with Modok I really enjoyed because mm -hmm. uh, he's got a lot of cool gadgets and tools that he's able to use. But, um, but beyond that, it's it's very different. It's um, I don't know, didn't hit for me. <laughs> yeah, they gave him a little redemption arc, which was nice. Um, and everybody else, I'm not going to spoil the line for people who haven't seen it. Everybody else hates uh, what Cassie yelled at him to get him to be a good person. I didn't mind it. I laughed really hard when she said that. Is it the cleverest line ever written? No. Is it no. what an 18-year-old girl would tell him to get him to, you know, straighten up? Probably. Um, yeah, it was uh, It was certainly unexpected for uh, 
for is it Darren? I think it is Darren. Yeah, Darren Cross. Yeah, I couldn't remember if it was Darren or Derek, but Darren yeah. um to to pop up as as Modoc in this. And whenever we saw like that little two seconds of Modoc in the trailer, I was kind of halfway expecting it to be Patton Oswald because he's the one who was on the TV series. Yeah. Um but we also know that Patton is voicing a different character in the MCU that we saw palling around with Harry Styles at the end of uh, mm-hmm. the Eternals. Right. Um, so maybe they just didn't want to double up on Patton Oswalt. I don't know. Or or maybe they planned this from the beginning. Maybe it was always the idea to uh, bring Darren back as Modoc. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm very curious on that. If uh, if that was any of the initial plans. Um, or maybe they just love uh, Corey and wanted to have him in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, this kind of goes into this, you know, you know, you don't know what's going to happen in the quantum realm. Like, mm-hmm. it's just it's such a fascinating place that it's one like I wish we could spend more time in because I don't know, there's a lot there's a lot that goes on there that I feel is still kind of an issue with where the mcu has been going with the whole like multiverse like it's still like we're still in this stage of like trying to explain like what it is and things like that when i feel like we've gotten that a lot and it seems to be very different and it's not i don't know i just kind of need need it to eventually come together soon and just kind of be done with re-explaining the multiverse I have uh, decided to not amend my understanding past what we had from from Loki, which is Sylvie broke it. Yeah, that's yeah. that's all that I've been carrying in my mind. Like, yeah, obviously there are other ones. Sylvie broke it, and now everything is wrong. Right. So we're in the quantum realm, and we get to meet the Freedom Fighters. So again, it's a while until we get Kang. Once Kang, uh hits the screen he definitely gets plenty of screen time but there's a lot of moving around meeting all of these new characters getting to know them before we're even introduced to our villain but um we do kind of have the team split up where uh janet's wanting to go meet krylar and then we've got scott and cassie who eventually meet the freedom fighters and here's where we meet veb which was a very fun character um Mm -hmm drink the ooze (laughs) so very fascinating little being where you should celebrate yourself every day but some days you should celebrate with jewelry whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection blue nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. It's kind of made of ooze, but if you drink it, it kind of allows you to communicate or, yeah, basically communicate with everyone. Yeah, every every sci-fi franchise has a weird workaround for the fact that all these things know how to speak the same language. Yeah. And this movie is ooze. Which is so wild, but I mean, um, I guess I'm for it. You know, I'm a big Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan, so uh, the turtles were created with ooze, so it, I guess it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I'm a big Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fan, so I'm familiar with this. They had the Babelfish. Yeah, right. Yep. <laughs> um. So yeah, we we meet all of these various uh, beings who all have various abilities. So I mean, this kind of gets into: Are they all mutants? You know, is this kind of go into more of like this X Men esque realm? Uh, because we've got telepath. Um just various things like that but um you know essentially here is where we're kind of getting to understand of like who you know they're fighting for something they're trying to take back what was taken from them uh learn about modok at this point and kind of learn about kang as well um but uh when we meet kang I find, I'm glad they kept that line in there where once he meets uh, Ant-Man, he basically says, have I killed you before? And I know that was like a big moment from like one of the very early uh, Comic-Con trailers that for some reason was never released in an actual trailer, which boggles me because that was such a cool moment mm-hmm. and such a standout moment for Kang. But I guess I'm glad they kept it for the movie. But um, I mean, that was kind of intense. That just shows you like what, you know, he's been around like he's, you know, time means nothing to Kang. He's, you know, he is simply exhausted for having murdered yeah. everyone multiple times over. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we get learn more about his technology. And essentially, that's kind of, I guess, what, like you said, the heist element of it, right? He's got mm-hmm. a piece of technology that he needs to get out of the quantum realm and uh he did connect with janet when she was trapped there so we do know that they have a relationship you know it kind of hints at some things you know that's been a big question that he brought up a lot is was was it a romantic relationship um i would like to think that her only quantum hookup was <laughs> bill murray was bill murray 
But I mean, also, you, you got Bill Murray on one hand <laughs> and Jonathan Majors on the other. Yeah. Come on, Janet. There no, there's no telling what Janet did down there. <laughs> she was just she was just having fun. It was her room yeah. springo. All right. <laughs> um but we do get some good moments with Janet and Kang. Um, so we do know the context there around the relationship and uh, quickly learning about, you know, she picks up on his motives and understands that he may not be who he's saying he is. He seems to be potentially uh, more of a villain um, and basically just takes like this orb uh, that he needs and the Kang's mission now is to like, how do I get that back so I can get out of here? And that's kind of where we get into the final act of this movie is everyone teaming up to um, make sure that does not happen. Um, I mean, it just, I don't know. Kang's like already out there building his army. Like it's just, you get, this is where I think more of that star Wars esque elements really comes into play because he's got his own troops that he's created all over the place. You get uh, Bill Murray's character that's just kind of like that, looking out for myself. You know, whatever helps me advance is what I'm going to do. So, like, he could have been cool at the beginning, but you know, he'll he just he's just like the backstabber, basically. He's Bill Murray from Groundhog Day and Scrooge. Yeah, (laughs) basically fuse those together. (laughs) Pre redemption arc. Yeah. Um, I was reading. I guess he has a connect. Uh, I don't. Know, I don't. I didn't know much about Krylar. I should have looked more into him. Um, he's known as the steward of all assassins. Golly! And in the comics, he's a green-skinned alien. I guess I couldn't talk him into that. No. Yeah, everyone's wondering if uh, if he does return, will he will he have the green green skin? Yeah, I, we didn't get to spend a lot of time with with Krylar. It was still like a fun cameo though, um, until everything goes to pot in their weird Star Wars restaurant. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the fight sequences that we get near the end were very different. Um, it really reminded me of like some of the Spider-Man fight sequences we get um, with Mysterio. It just had that same kind of vibe to it in ways where you get, I don't know. It was just quantum fights. It was really weird. Multiple Scots. <laughs> Multiple Scots. Uh, it was another kind of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy thing because whenever they're mm-hmm. in the infinite improbability drive, they just start seeing stuff that's weird and random that they don't understand because their brain is melting. Yeah, it, it was like that. Um, yeah, that scene, uh, my favorite part of that scene was definitely whenever they had uh, Baskin Robin Scott show up, and <laughs> one of the Scots is like, Does he have ice cream? <laughs> I'm like, Way back in the back. <laughs> That killed me. That was my favorite yeah. part of the whole movie. <laughs> so that that was really fun. Um, there was moments where it was like a little out there and weird, but like when you get the whole like ant type vibe to it, mm-hmm. um, and even what Hank does at the end, bringing in all the ants, was pretty cool. Um, 
But throughout all of this, I think the other things that were really fascinating to me was like Scott would either shrink or he would go into uh, Goliath mode. And it was like not a big deal. Right. So that's fascinating, like how much has changed since uh, the last time, because it just seemed like when he'd go in Goliath mode, it would just like he'd be done. Yeah, he was, he was just going, going, and going. Yeah, that's something he only mentions that. Yeah, you get hungry. Yeah, <laughs> when you're big. Um, yeah, it's especially since he hasn't been doing this a lot lately. You'd think that it would be more taxing on him and more difficult because yeah. he's out of practice. He hasn't been doing Ant Man stuff. He's been doing Scott stuff. Right, and especially going up against a villain like Kang, I, that just, that was just like I don't know. It was hard. Some of that's a little hard to to buy, like how how he's able to keep going like that. Yeah, like Scott it was never the one that I expected to to die in this. But whenever it showed him initially getting stranded in the quantum realm at the end, I thought that was for real. Mm-hmm. And I think that 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 would have made sense if you've got a character like Scott going up against somebody powerful like Kang. That I feel like that maybe should have been because that would have been a big indicator. For fans, like, this is why you don't tango with this person. This is yeah. why you don't mess with this stuff. Um, but yeah, they pretty quickly resolve that. And then he's back out essentially reenacting the opening of the movie yeah. after, like, yeah, Kang should have just physically destroyed him and didn't right. because because ants. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I do hope that that's planning a, a joke for a future movie whenever the Avengers are having to fight Kang. And then Scott's like, just use ants. It worked that time. I promise. Yeah. That kind of stuff, with the reading, like some of these uh, Ant-Man comics that just kind of makes sense. And I could see them <laughs> doing that. It just kind of fits in with the Ant-Man comedy. Um. Yeah, once we get into some of these final moments, I think that this is where I struggled with Cassie's character because I don't know. There, there, there's just something like she just didn't fit in with everything. I think, I think, and I don't know if this has to do with like the script she was given or the roles, but like I don't know. There's just moments because she has a standout moment where she gets on this intercom and she's basically trying to like bring everyone together and. I don't know. It just wasn't as impactful as I think it could have been. Yeah. And I, I can't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't blame this, this actress. I, I remember watching her in Freaky and thinking that she was terrific in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that maybe there was a missed opportunity here though, because the actress that they had cast as, uh, as Cassie in, uh, in Endgame. Mm-hmm. First of all, like I've seen a lot of people saying this would have, been a huge break for her and her career. And I I agree that would have been wonderful if they'd have brought her back and be, it probably would have opened a lot of doors for her. But also I think that casting that less experienced actress would have actually brought a lot of vulnerability to Cassie that I think her character needed. Um, So I would have been, I would have been interested to see uh, that take on Mm -hmm. her. I don't, I don't think that this was a bad performance by, by any means. But it was definitely a very, very different feel for the character than we've uh, seen before. And it makes their relationship feel different. And of course, relationships change whenever mm-hmm. your daughter is not uh, six years old or 10 years old anymore. Um, but still, it definitely, it was it was a weird fit. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was the, one of the more disappointing moments I had with this one is I think that could have been so much stronger. Um, and especially if we're kind of going into like the Young Avengers, you know, maybe she'll shine more there when she's hanging out with, you know, other superheroes her age. And it's not so much of the family, family dynamic. Um, uh, but yeah, um, essentially we're, we get into, you know, what he, I think what the director is going for an in-game-esque final battle as you're getting the freedom fighters with uh, the ant family, everyone just kind of getting together to go up against Kang and try to take him down. Mm-hmm. And um, the, yeah, I see this is one of those, like I, I'm ready to watch it again. Cause I want to rewatch the ending. Cause it's, it's seems like it happens so fast. I can't really remember like what happened and what didn't happened with Kang in those moments and this is one of those moments where we get uh hope kind of coming back into play where uh it was just like oh she's still around this is like i had already forgotten all about that she was in this movie right because uh everyone gets gets back into like uh out of the quantum realm but ant-man's you know trying to sacrifice himself so he can save uh essentially save his family and save the world but hope comes back to save him um which is great but then it's like when this happens where was she the rest of the movie like we needed her so many times um because i loved their how they worked together in ant-man and the wasp and uh i don't know the wasp is so cool and just you want to see them together yeah they've got great they've got great chemistry and they separated them for the whole movie right not cool yeah i mean i don't know i just feel like probably could have gotten some better jokes when you've got hope kind of in the background, like, you know, I don't know. She could have like been that one to kind of like talk to your daughter. Like y'all need to work this out. And I don't know. Yeah. So much more there. And then we get the strangest ending ever where it's kind of like, we're back into this reality, but now Scott's kind of in his head. Like (laughs) it's like, we stopped him. Right. He's not going to come back. Is he? Did we free him? Did we stop him? Is he still there? Mm-hmm. He's just very unsure of like what he went through and what the outcome was. And then it ends. And then it ends. <laughs> and so I'm going to guess that Scott has developed crippling anxiety that will hopefully pop up in a future movie. Uh, and we did get we did get a, a couple of post credit scene. We got mm-hmm. one where we got to see all the Kangs just hanging having fun and i'm pretty sure i saw a he who remains in there um yeah um possible that he was in there um and we we can there's one (laughs) one theory that i read that i really liked um we can talk about in just a second but um yeah, I thought that was an interesting extra credit to get is that we get all the the Kang variants that are that are basically having a powwow <laughs> over Kang the Conqueror. <laughs> um, and then what was the other one? I've already forgotten what it was. The other one was Loki and oh, that's uh, right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, and Mobius going to see one of the Kang variants at what looked like an old timey kind of mm-hmm. magic show. Yep. And I'm wondering if this is just a scene from uh, Loki season two, 
Um, because it seems like it would that. kind of fit in in the narrative. And they did confirm that it was uh the Loki uh crew that filmed mm-hmm. it. They said that it was shot totally separately in a different country. Um and they uh, added it to the post credits of this. Um, so that was good because they haven't given us any freaking scraps about Loki <laughs> season two, um, which we've been waiting for, all of us, me. <laughs> uh, so it was a nice little scene. It's good yeah, to see the boys back in now. action. <laughs> I remember now. I wish we gotten more, more of that. Um... Because it's getting me hyped for Loki, um, but yeah, I think this. I think what we're getting here is is some big moments. With I'm curious what's all going to happen with all the various Kang variants, and it seems like potentially we could get like one Kang, and maybe it's going to be Kang the Conqueror that's going to try to take them all down. Because mm-hmm. uh, I feel like they're going to get in his way potentially. But the theory that I saw is there's one comic timeline where one of Kang's variants is Victor Timely. And Timely's like uh has a big role. Um basically this inventor and does a lot with time. But I think the theory is that Kang was able to go back and basically kill Victor Timely, and then he's gonna pretend to be Victor Timely. And that he's going to work his way back into the variants that way. Mm. Is the theory. So the theory was like, I believe you do see Victor Timely there with all the variants, but people think that are thinking like, that's not timely. That's actually Kane the Conqueror. That he's just going to sit there with them all and just wait for his moment. That is an interesting theory. I, it was fun to see all of the different, uh, all the different versions that they've cooked up of, of Kang. Um, although it it also did, and I think I saw somebody post this because it was very similar to the thought that I had that it looked like they had taken over a party city, mm-hmm. just kind of clean them out of all their stuff. Um, so one of the things that I'm thinking for the future movies is how are they going to are they going to have just a few different kings that they kind of develop and flesh out and we get to know them, or is it just going to be where they're like a monolith and they're all working together? Uh, and I guess that will all just have to reveal itself in due course. Yeah, it's hard to know. It's hard to know what to trust on the interwebs because there's already so many different things, Where whether it's a fan theory um, versus some kind of news source. Um, especially because one of the uh, King variants is, uh, uh, is it Ramatut or Ratmantut? I'm pronouncing it correctly. Uh, which the latest things I've been seeing around that is that variant will go up against Moon Knight. Oh, okay. I'm just going to make keeping Jonathan Major super busy. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that, and that would make sense. Um, another big thing about Kang is that there is a version uh, of him that is Nathaniel Richards, which has connection to Reed Richards. So we do know that, um, and especially because we know time is such a big element in this, we we know that Kang with the Fantastic Four is going to make sense in some way. So I would expect that we're probably going to get Kang or some version of Kang with the Fantastic Four. But I know if we're going into Secret Wars, another big thing is that it's not only Kang, but it's Doctor Doom as well. 
Um, so that also brings me to question when is Dr. Doom going to come into play? But we're in a new phase. <laughs> we'll we're in a new phase. <laughs> um, and especially since they've announced or Marvel's announced that they're going to kind of slow things down a bit and spend more time to get the visual effects better and and that. Um, very curious to see how this is all going to build out. I got, I mean, I thought the the visual effects, the first, especially the first half of this movie was just pretty bad. It was bad. And it's one of these, like, I wonder if they'll correct them before it comes out to like Disney plus, because I know they've kind of done that with some past movies as well, but. We'll and they see. could let them cook a little longer <laughs> than put them up on the platform. Yeah. But, um, Overall, yeah, like, I mean, at the end of this, I, I agree with what you said at the beginning, like, um, definitely not anywhere as one of my favorite of the Marvel movies, but I didn't think it was like that bad. I mean, the critics on this went pretty hard mm -hmm. and even the box office. I mean, this had a pretty significant drop, which was pretty wild. And especially seeing that, like, Majors has two movies in theaters right now. Mm -hmm. So everyone was expecting with Creed 3 that would up like, oh, he's also in. A Marvel movie, let's go check that out. But I don't think the numbers really reflected that. Mm. And I don't know if it's just superhero fatigue with everyone or what, but I'm very curious to see what's gonna happen. Because <laughs> it, it does, I, I agree with a lot of like the film Twitter world where it just seems like we're in this state of what's happening with Marvel and then they're gonna release something else and it's gonna be awesome, and it's mm -hmm. just gonna be this back and forth thing. So We'll know more as we get into phase five. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different factors that I think could lead to the box office. One is that if uh, fans are kind of meh on it, like a lot yeah. of those sales are from people going back to see movies like this again. And if they're right. not going back again for that, and also because it's going to be on Disney Plus in six weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. That can definitely eat into to sales. But yeah. I think I think that you're right. We just have to wait for the next really, really great thing to be released. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm not really sure of what that's going to be. Uh, I mean, I know that the Marvels comes out later this year, but I also know that the Marvels keeps getting pushed back and back and back. And that's making me be like, oh, what's going on over there, sis? <laughs> I don't know if that has anything to I think that a lot of that has to do with uh, the visual effects. It might. I hope it's not like reshoots because I put it together like, oh, my Lord, we yeah. have done poorly. I hope not. Um, but if anything, I'm ready for Loki. <laughs> yes, we're all ready for Loki. We're all excited to see what happens this season on Loki. Yeah. And I'm sure on we'll get back into Jessica Jones on later episodes. I know we need to wrap this up, but um the last big thing that was announced today that I definitely wanted to mention was that we have uh, John Bernthal has announced that he's coming back as the Punisher in Daredevil Born Again. So, oh, that's what all those boys were posting. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, big fan of his. I'm glad that he's sticking with the role as the Punisher. So I definitely wanted to make sure make note of that. Um, because I'm pretty hyped about that and gets me even more excited to see the uh, upcoming Daredevil series. So um, I guess how we, I guess let's rank Ant-Man. We can close this one out. Okay, okay, okay. So, um, this one was my least favorite Ant-Man. 
I think that the first one is still my first favorite Ant-Man. And the second one is my second favorite Ant-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think this hit the standards is the first one. First one, I don't. I just really enjoy that one. But I'd probably put this one a little bit above the second one. So, you know, for me, like I would give Quantum Mania a good probably three and a half out of five. Um, I think it's it's pretty solid. Um, it's very entertaining. Uh, when Kang's on screen, you're just glued to the screen. But there's some noticeable things that I think could have been improved overall. But mm-hmm. I definitely would check it out again. Hopefully. I can find some time and see it in the theater before it hits Disney plus. Cause this is one, I mean, it's a star Wars esque world. Like there's a lot going on and you kind of got to see it on a big screen, but I'm sure we'll, we'll watch this quite a bit. Once it hit Disney plus. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for everyone listening. Uh, be sure to like, and subscribe. Um, we'll share all the links. Uh, you can find this on podcast stations. You can find this on YouTube. Uh, We're trying to get this out everywhere that we can to keep y'all up to date. And I guess we'll have, we'll be back for guardians three. Yep. Guardians three pretty soon, but between then we'll be back with more on Jessica Jones and secret invasion. I think when is that? I think that's supposed to be before Loki. Is that before Loki? Okay. Yeah. I think that, I think it should be pretty soon. Okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. The last Marvel up or MCU, M, yeah, Marvel company update I think was what Secret Invasions, Loki's are for sure things this year, mm-hmm. series wise. So can't wait to talk about those. All right. Well, until next time, we'll be back with more Marvel. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.